Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pivot and Thrive. This is your host, Kim Shea. It is Wednesday, April 13th, 2022, and today I am talking to Tiffany Scruggs. She's a wellness practitioner. She's a licensed acupuncturist and an herbalist. She's also a Qigong teacher and therapist, and her goal is to assist your body to restore health and promote harmony. I'm guessing she's going to talk about how it's really the healing is coming from us, not so much from her and her hands, which is sometimes hard to understand and appreciate. But um, we will talk to her, and uh, she lives in the Encinitas or works anyway in the Encinitas area in Southern California. And I'm anxious to hear how she feels like we can be helped as we age and move through our lives. So welcome, Tiffany, to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much, and I'm happy to be part of this. And uh, I love helping people help themselves um, navigate through life and, and aging well and feeling vibrant and youthful. So um, I have many tools and experiences and things to help people um, individually. You know, everyone's different. Um, but anyway, so I'm very happy to be here. Well, thank you. How, how did you get into this? How did you ever fall into this in the first place? Um, I've been in wellness most of my life. Uh, somehow um, at an early age, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother who's Native American and had chickens and grew lots of herbs and um, could heal anything. And she would have neighbors come over. And so I was kind of participated as an observer. Um, But then also uh, I would mix, uh, make tinctures or different things, lotions and potions from uh, rose petals in our yard. And I was always concocting things. Um, And then I was interested in chemistry and the human body um, and mostly the brain. I was fascinated with the brain. And um, so always just with the body, studying the body. I wanted to be a doctor, um, but my parents kind of thought, now you have a great job in the grocery store here. Why don't you just work there? So I did not go to medical school, but um, always helping people, sharing herbs or different recipes, using food as medicine. So pretty much all my life. Um, Then I went into an x-ray tech program and then um, sonograms. So I looked inside of bodies for 15 years and, um, and then after that, and just life and kids and things, um, helping friends, um, always studying supplements and um, teaching fitness exercise, so always studying movement wow. and um, tough times and things in life, but you can just cry and be angry or all of those emotions and you start feeling really yucky and getting sick. So I kind of put two and two together with that and learning that mental health and your emotions, laughing is great, even through the tough times. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I had an injury with my hand and um, I was rehabbing some stepkids with drug addiction um, and dealing with that whole aspect of things, but it's learning experience. And um, and then I was talking to a friend who was having acupuncture for his knee, and he said it was just working so well. And after that conversation, I went home and I looked up Oriental medicine, and I started to cry. It brings how I live my life, how I live my life, how I'm raising my children, 
um, kind of like a medicine wheel. All the uh, all the spokes are on a bicycle wheel or medicine wheel. All the spokes are one aspect, whether it's your food, your movement, your emotions, uh, your mindset. All of these things are encompassed in Oriental medicine. And a month later, I started the program. Oh, and, um, great. Yeah, it was great and really love it. And I thought, well, here, this is part of my profession. I'm always giving advice, taking care of people, cooking for people, sharing remedies. And now this is my job. So I actually get paid for it. So that's how it all started. And um, and I was able to work with some amazing people and mentor um with two practitioners here in Encinitas who have been practicing for 40 years, um, the Asanos, uh, Nobu and Selim Asano, and they're really phenomenal people, and I consider them family, and um, anyways. That's so wonderful. It's yeah. wonderful. So you've, you've found your, your calling, your true north here with what you're yeah. doing. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So what can you tell us about this? Tell us about acupuncture tell us what that really is um besides just putting pins in people what does it actually do for people well as an acupuncturist people think that's all we do is put needles in people and really it's one small part like on the medicine wheel or spokes of the tire it's just one of those aspects one of those spokes on the tire okay um you know nutrition, you know, all of those things are encompassed in what acupuncturists, we're life coaches, we're nutrition counselors, you know, we're your herbalist, we're your um, functional medicine doctor, you know, all of those things are under the scope of our practice, which is, I think, people just think we do um, put needles in people, physical therapy, I'm always showing people different movements. So really anything with the body that's going to um, something to do with the mind, with the energy of the body, which are all the acupuncture meridians, they're like energy freeways, energy highways, and of course, the physical body. And so we think of the um, brain as the big energetic power house and battery of the body. So in using acupuncture points, we're really manipulating the central nervous system, which has to do with the brain. And um, Nobu told me a long time ago, uh, so many of people's issues or ailments or whatever they are, if they're physical, mental, emotional, are right between the ears, which are Mm. the brain. Um, and I've learned that a lot, even more and more in, in my practice. And um, so that's why it's really important. We can support you energetically on these pathways. And physically, we can kind of loosen some muscles and things like that. But I think it's um, what I try to support people with is doing their part. I think people need to um, have the right mindset and do their own homework and um whether it's physical therapy exercises or watching okay. less news or laughing, listening to music more, um, doing some Tai Chi, Qigong. So I try to, um, I mention these things or prescribe these things with my clients. Okay. So it's a very holistic, the whole body. So if somebody comes in and they're sitting, my, you know, my shoulder's bothering me, you're looking at everything that could be contributing to that problem. Is that what you're saying? 
Exactly. For instance, this year or over the last couple years with COVID, I've had a number of people come in with frozen shoulders and they were referred to me, you know, new people. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I do not want to scare them away first time. But, you know, this is completely emotional. They need to change their mindset. Mm. And um, most of frozen shoulder is emotional. Okay. And so I can help them out energetically, which the energy of the body is also connected with the emotions. And, um, and that's a whole other talk about the emotions and the, the energetics of the um, organ system and the earth elements. So that's a whole other can of worms. But the emotions and the energy are the same. So the news, all of the stress that COVID has brought, wow. um, frustration with vaccines, pro-vaccine, pro for it, not for it, you know, just all of this confrontation. Um, it's really, people have held on to it um, and it can affect you with frozen shoulder and medical uh, Western medicine, which I'm not against Western medicine. I think there needs to be a happy a harmony between um, like a holistic integrative approach or oriental medicine and Western medicine. We need to use them both. But Western medicine really doesn't have a cure or they really do not know what to say about frozen shoulder. They'll send you to physical therapy and take some anti-inflammatories. Well, one patient in particular, she came in and she was so frustrated, so angry about vaccines and the news and just she was going on and on and on and on. And she could not lift her arm or do anything. She could barely wash her hair because she couldn't mm. use her arm. Yeah. She's tried everything, physical therapy, all of this. She's tried everything. She's so frustrated. The emotions are just brewing and snowballing. And I said, you know, it's my first time with you and I'm not sure how to say this, but it's really in an effort to help you. I said, your mindset needs to change. Wow. Everything yeah. is you're frustrated you're angry, um, you're sad, you have all of these emotions that are just, um, it's really manifesting in your physical body, which is your frozen shoulder. Wow. And she kind wow. of looked at me <laughs> and she smiled. <laughs> and I said, that's it. You need to smile more and laugh. Uh, <laughs> no matter how bad it is, laugh. <laughs> and... Um, so anyways, she came back, I, I gave her some things to think about and mindfulness and maybe decrease the amount of news and have some fun and laugh and be silly. And she came back the next week and her shoulder was so much better. Oh, nice. Like, yeah, like 70% better. And then she had, um, she's like, oh, this is great. I'm like, see, I, I'm just a helper. I like to help people. I don't do not call myself a healer. I'm a helper. I like to help you, but help your own body. I said, you know your body. You are your best healer for yourself. So I'm just a helper. And um, so anyways, that was great. Saw her. We're going to work on her. She came back the week later. She couldn't lift her arm. I'm like, what happened? What did you do? Well, <laughs> 
my cat of I don't know how many years ran away. I went to this rally or I don't know something. She had a lot more um, stressors. Okay, okay. Emotional stressors come into her life and her arm. So I'm like, okay, do you see a connection here? She smiled. So ever since then, she's really tried to find balance in her life. Um, she eats really well. Um, her exercise is limited because of her shoulder. So um, but she's doing much better. She has pretty much full range of her her um, arm. I think she went eight months like this. So she's lost, atrophied her muscles. So now she's kind oh, of okay. going to classes. She's coming back with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Um, so can you explain that more? Cause I have a feeling you can. So how does your emotion cause or create this kind of a problem, like a frozen shoulder or something else? What is the actual mechanism that's happening there? Okay. Let me make this as easy as I can. Thank you. You're, <laughs> we have essentially five emotions in oriental medicine and they've known this for thousands of years how the emotion affects the body emotions are the energy of the body so there's your mind your mental part which there's an area for that it's the center of your brain we call upper dantian there's the energy of the body which is between your heart and spine middle dantian and that's all the energy all the emotions and then between your navel and spine is everything physical about your body Muscle, skeleton, hormones. So the emotions are connected with, everything's in cycles that get ready. They're connected with your organ system. Okay. The liver, the liver gallbladder, those are buddies paired together. There's the, um, the spleen pancreas, the heart. So each one of these major organ players, kidneys, lungs, are part of the five earth elements, fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. And it's a connection that's been made with the seasons. Everything is changing and cycling, but also harmonizing with, it, with each other. So the emotions are part of this. So each organ has an emotion. Okay. Each organ is associated with an earth element. So, fire, earth, metal, water, wood. So, fire, for instance, is the heart. And the emotion is love, joy, unconditional love. You know, that brand new baby, that, mm -hmm. that kind of feel. Joy, laughing. Fire, if we go to earth element, is this, we call it, spleen pancreas is all together. And that's the earth element. And the emotion is worry. Overthinking, fire, earth, metal are the lungs, and the emotion is sadness, grief, loss. And then we go down to the water element, fire, earth, metal, are the lungs, water are the kidneys, okay. and the kidneys are associated with fear and fright. And then last but not least, the wood element is the liver. And the emotion is anger, frustration, resentment. Okay. So that 
pretty much sums sums it up. Right. Everything's there. Yeah. We got them all. There's only one good one. <laughs> I don't like and the one good one is processing that. that love of the heart. Yeah. And so to find balance in these, I just wrote a whole class in PowerPoint on this okay. <laughs> as part of the project is the love and the unconditional love of the heart can balance each one of these. Okay. And the importance is, is to be mindful of these. It's, it's really, it's healthy to have these, um, these emotions. Um, someone that's happy all the time. It's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to smile and be happy. It's going to cause problems with your heart. Not good. Maybe anxiety, maybe some, yeah. So each one of these is associated with things. The liver, too much anger, frustration, your blood pressure is going to go up. It's going to affect those hormones, uh, cortisol levels. So you get down, it's going to affect this um, emotion. This energy is going to affect the physical part. Remember the physical, the energy, the mind. If you're angry a lot or frustrated a lot, yeah, you're going to become um, a bit mental. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's kind of the elements, fire, earth, metal, water, wood. And then we have the organ that goes along with that, which is, you know, the liver, the lungs and all of those, and then the emotions. So the important thing is the emotion um, so say this one person had a lot of um, anger, frustration, and all of this pent up. Well, the liver has duties. Each one of these organ systems has jobs. Lungs are all about immunity, also about the skin, um, you know, allergies, things like that. The liver is about, um, well, it has to do with your eyes. The liver is also the manager of the director of moving all the energy in the body. So you have all these energy pathways or meridians. I can't show you. I have my acupuncture man here. <laughs> but all of these acupuncture meridians are energy highways. And the liver is the manager that keeps them all flowing so there are no traffic jams. So when the liver... If you have a lot of anger, frustration, the liver gets tight, overwhelmed, and just really angry, pissed off, and cannot do his his or her job properly. So you start getting blockages in these energy highways. I see. Traffic jams. So this one person her traffic jam was up in her shoulder. Okay. She couldn't move it. All right. Now it's making sense. Okay. Also, people, um, sciatica, the liver is paired with the gallbladder. Um, so a lot of times, if there's a lot of anger, frustration, things like this, um, things can manifest in its buddy organ, liver, gallbladder, maybe gallstones, maybe... Um, down the pathway of the gallbladder meridian, which is the um, the IT band. So kind of that whole side of the leg, side of your, your glutes, mm-hmm. like a sciatica 
type thing. Yeah. That's all gallbladder meridian. So um, too much of that emotion can manifest physically. So that's kind of the energy physical connection. Uh, so as an acupuncturist, we can help um, harmonize the, the, um, the meridians. We can free these traffic jams up. We can try to balance the energy and the emotions by working on the brain <laughs> and, um, and supporting these um, organ systems with certain acupuncture points. Okay. It's pretty complex, but the bottom line is, is, you know, just balance, you know, um, you know, a lot of anger can, can really help you, you know, for instance, here's a, an example of a good anger, good fear, um, a bad example and a good example. So a bad example, too much anger and fear is say someone is working in a job that they just can't stand. They're in the situation. They just can't stand it. Horrible coworkers, whatever it is. And they're just, they're holding this in all the time and they're just stuck, but they're fearful. I need to work or I need this. So they have this fear, this anger, and they start noticing, oh my gosh, I have these health problems. I have migraines. Mm. You know, I have sciatica. Oh, doggone it. I can't lift my arm. I have gallstones. You know, just the whole, <laughs> all of these things start, you get the picture. Yes, yes. But they figured out, they use their mind and all this information is in the mind. That's part of the mental component. It's your, your mind is your intention, your thoughts, but it's also the, all the information we compile, all of our um, computer files, all of our stuff. So they're compiling this that, hey, I think my job or my situation is really affecting my health, right? Mm -hmm. Western medicine, we know that stress affects our health. Yes. What can I do? So they start looking around for a new job or something else that can help their situation, maybe balance in their, their life. Um, maybe they're joining a class or something to bring harmony. But the bottom line is they stop themselves. What can I do? Because I, I don't want to have an autoimmune pop-up. I don't want to have cancer. I don't want to die because this is literally, I've had patients tell me, my job is killing me. Wow. Um, so that love in their heart for their life and their self has to stop them in their tracks for thinking, hey, I need to make a change. So it's kind of a positive thing for this anger and fear because it made this in this situation, hey, stop and realize I need to make a change. And for the job situation, maybe they look for a new job and now they're in a job making more money and um, less hours and have the greatest boss and all of that. So it's kind of um, your emotions can really help you too. But I think the big thing is to bring our awareness into it and our mind and really look at the situation. Okay, that's interesting. And it's, it's particularly interesting because a lot of people in the, you know, who listen to this show or who are on the show are people who are retired or retiring 
and they are making big changes. Some of them not because they want to, some of them because they've been laid off from their jobs and because they hit 50 or, or a little over that and they just were laid off for financial reasons for the company and they have to reinvent themselves and start all over. And so it's scary and I'm sure there's a lot of, well, I know there's a lot of anger and frustration in the beginning, but then it can turn out to be a very joyful experience in the end when they find something that they really do enjoy doing. But it's interesting to see what all the connections are. Now, is there is there an age where we would be too old to benefit from acupuncture or a condition where it, there wouldn't be anything that acupuncture, be not even just acupuncture, but an acupuncturist would not be able to help with? I, I don't think so. Okay. No, I mean, really anything. And I know in my practice, it's not just, again, it's not just about acupuncture. I mean, maybe there's acupuncturists that just only do that. I mean, I, in my practice, um, look at the whole picture um, in giving, okay, maybe you should come. I teach a Qigong class. Come to my class, you know, or um, maybe you can do a meditation. I'll do telewellness or a virtual call where I'll do, um, here's some acupressure points you can use. And anyone can do that. And so they can learn how to self um, heal and be their own therapist. You can do your own treatments on certain points that can help you. Or maybe there's a little meditation, um, which can be so, so simple. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to focus and, um, but guided meditations can really, really help. And um, with the intention, hey, what am I going to do? I mean, for this job situation, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a job. What am I going to do with myself? Um, I don't know. Well, you know, that can be uh, a meditation, you know, just open your mind. I don't know. But there's no matter how bad things are, there's everything balances each other out. Just like the seasons, everything in life, it balances out. Every good, there's a bad. Every bad, there's a good. Um, So you just have to really open the mind and really open the heart um, to a new, there's a new story. There's a new chapter. There's a new book that's going to be, oh my gosh, so much better. Um, You know, everything built upon each other. So really, I kind of drifted off your question of can people, are there things that people cannot benefit from acupuncture? I mean, for me, I think you can have acupuncture for all of your life and even children from early ages until, you know, the end. Um, I've worked in hospice in helping people and um, but really um, doing meditation. Okay. Uh, maybe yeah. touching an acupuncture point, um, maybe a family member on a, a, a grieving on a point that really helps with grieving. But those are things that you can just do um, to touch using acupressure um, and bringing light, bringing love, bringing peace to the whole home, to the whole family. So there's a lot of things that we encompass. So I think there's really no limit and no age limit. Okay, that's wonderful to hear. That's really good. Um, tell me about um, being an herbalist. I mean, what what does that entail? Uh, you know, are you, are you talking about like parsley and sage? Or are you talking about herbs that are from 
China that, um, and do you prescribe them or how do we incorporate those into our lives? Well, there are a lot of things that I think, um, that are getting more mainstream now and supplements. Um, and when we have herbs, that's also part of, um, or the nutraceuticals, um, uh, maybe like magnesium. So it's kind of all in the same category, like supplements, magnesium, vitamin D, um, I really, really love mushrooms, you know, shiitake mushrooms, reishi, cordyceps. I think they're just across the board, the big guns to help um, people with a lot of different things. Mm. Um, we do have Chinese specifically, um, say someone's having heartburn or, um, or pain. There are different herbs that can help. With pain, actually what they do is they help open the energy freeways, the energy highways. And, um, or for heartburn, there's certain herbs that really open that and they're downward draining. Um, so it's going to move things the other direction. Oh, okay. Uh, so in combinations of, um, you know, I'll have uh, an herbal supplement, which might be some Chinese herbs that are very simple. And then maybe they can add this tea or, okay, go drink some celery and cucumber juice for the heartburn. Go eat some watermelon. So there's, I use um, in my practice, I mean, I really encompass food therapy and things um, that people are familiar with. You know, um, I had someone with a, a golfer's elbow yesterday and he takes no supplements and nothing. And, and I said, well, you can do some work here. Let's maybe take some omega oils. Everyone's familiar. I thought maybe his wife, omega oils, they're great for inflammation. Mm-hmm. It's going to help get this inflammation down. Even um, magnesium and vitamin D, you know, it's going to help the, the body work optimally and, and, uh, and get that, that pain level down and get the inflammation down. So, I encompass the the um, Chinese herbs along with the um, things that you have in your kitchen. Okay. Turmeric. That's interesting. You know, turmeric. People know that turmeric is anti-inflammatory mm, yes. a lot of people, which is great. You know, that's a they use that in Ayurvedic medicine, you know, so from India. They also, we use it in Chinese medicine. Um, so a lot of these herbs are... Um, you know, down the Silk Road, you know, that we, we share a lot of the same in these old um, systems of medicine. Okay. So That's that would be for herbs. Yeah, I know. They're fun. And I think people really like um, learning about about herbs and, and things that they have at home or mint. You know, mint can really help say, if someone has rashes. That's a Chinese herb. A lot of these Chinese herbs that we have, they're just things that people had growing in their gardens at home. You know, I mean, they've been growing for many thousands of years. Yes. And um, but mint is really good to vent rashes. Um, so say someone has a little skin rash or from a like a heat rash or I don't know, something like that. Mint can be really, you know, something tasty. Mm-hmm. And uh, and soothing, and it can help with your skin ailment. Mm. Well, things like that. Okay, so you would know a lot about all that. That'd be very interesting to study, too. 
I would think, just to know. And I, I know I've seen um, on Instagram, this keeps popping up in my feed, that there are books you can get with uh, herbal remedies and things like that that are ancient. You know, this has been around for a really long time. So that's... It is. Yeah. It's, it's becoming much more mainstream. And, you know, just in the, the local health food stores, um, you know, it's becoming very, very trendy now in... Um, you know, dandelion, mm-hmm. um, dandelion tea to help cleanse the liver. Well, it's very cooling. You know, it's the the liver gets we call congested or stagnant from all the stress and pent up. We know the anger and frustration. We know this wood element. We know this this emotion of the liver now. Um, so it creates a lot of heat, steam, right? Mm-hmm. You think when someone gets mad, they they create heat. So. Um, dandelion is really good detox. We know it's really good for the liver. It's a Chinese herb uh, also, and it has a pinyin name and also a Latin name. But it's really um, very cooling. It's mm. going to drain that heat. Okay, so. that, that is interesting. I know um, going through menopause and I get hot flashes, and I notice if I get angry, that will trigger one immediately. So... It's it's interesting that there's that whole physical response that in in response to the emotion in conjunction with the emotion and it triggers this whole physical you know session of being very uncomfortable just because I was angry. So I know that's one thing that's been helpful to me is to try and really be mindful of my anger when I'm experiencing it, not to have it be needless. You know, sometimes that's just going to be the natural response. Other times, like I don't need to react that way. It's been a good check, right? And then. And then the go-to would be if you're anger, frustrated, it's like, oh, okay, I want a glass of red wine. <laughs> that's like the first thing that's I'm like, worst. no, that's just gasoline on the fire, yes. you know. So, <laughs> yeah, have some uh, mint tea with some cucumber, you know, and mm. um, go for a walk on the beach with your your feet in the water. And so it's really cooling the body. But it's also harmonizing the emotions. It's peaceful. Um, you know, when you bring the senses into play also, um, you know, the smell of the ocean, the sound of the birds, the sound of the, um, the waves crashing. It, it's very soothing. Um, so the, the senses come into play also to support this. We're using anger, frustration, um, example, um, but it can also, for sadness, um, uh, it can also be uplifting, too. So nature is very, very soothing. So that's part of my homework or things I like to share okay. with people is, you know, get out in nature, um, the sunlight, you know, it's um, it's happy. You know, we have that picture of a sun and uh, maybe some of your listeners, you know, with their grandchildren, they draw a sun with a big happy face mm-hmm. on it. You know, I mean, the sun is vibrant. It's it's happiness. Um, plants, the flowers, these are all very uplifting. So without taking herbs or um, thinking or meditating too hard, I mean, you can just go pick flowers in your yard and smell them. Um, those are naturally going to uplift any sadness. It's going to calm down any um, anger, you know, all of those things, soothe the fear. Um, it's going to slow down the mind, right? Yeah. And make you more mindful. Because, right. So it's going to slow down any overthinking and over worry. 
Um, so it's really good to balance. And then as you balance these emotions out with help from your tea, your, your, your lunch, your walking on the beach, your clipping flowers, all of these things, um, by this outside help, it's going to help balance your emotions. It's going to balance the nervous system. And um, you're going to increase your immunity. You know, you're going to have better sleep. Everything starts to fall into place. Your your hormone system, as these uh, emotions are balanced, you're going to produce healthier hormones. Your cortisol levels are going to go down. You mm. know, your cholesterol's going to come down. The blood pressure's going to come down. Or, you know, there's hormones in different um chemicals that make the blood pressure go up. So if you're just calming down the the anger, the frust- all of those things, your blood pressure is going to come down. So it works on the chemical system, which is the physical body. Um, so it's really cool how everything is, and we know that it's all um, connected, balancing each other out, um, transforming. And, um, but really our mind is the, the key and we are in complete control. I know there's talk about the gut being your brain. Yeah. Um, that's something that. I just do not, um, accept in my world. Okay. Okay. I, I think, I mean, m- my brain, I mean, I can think and turn on that unconditional love and close my eyes and picture, you know, holding that, that grandbaby, mm. you know, I mean, I, I don't know what my gut, did. I mean, what did my gut do? I mean, my brain is in control. So um, I know there are receptors and there are a lot of things connected with the mind, the brain and the gut, the heart. I mean, throughout all of your, your body, but you know, your, your brain is your brain and you have your pituitary gland, your hypothalamus, your thalamus, um, all of those centers in the very center of your brain. And one of the meditations and very, very simple, probably in all of my classes is we start, um, by coming to this, when we close our eyes, we come to this very center point of our brain with the eyes closed. And you picture this light in the center of the brain and just slow the breathing down. And you're really at this energetic junction and this, um, this hub of um, all the hormones and, you know, all of these structures in the center of the brain. But just bring light, crystal clear light, as if you're looking into a crystal sparkling pond or pool. It just... It's a teeny tiny space and then let this light expand out through all the brain tissues, bringing calm, rest, and let it shine from head to toe. So that's one of the meditations, shining going through down the head and the neck and the shoulders, down the arms, just bringing this light and calm. So you're using your your brain, entering the chest, filling the lungs and the heart, you know, entering the abdomen, the stomach, intestines, all of the internal organs, bringing light, peace, you know, just clear, clearness, lightness, along the hips and down the legs, 
and connecting with nature, really rooting your, your feet into the earth, the top of the head, connected with heaven, the universe above. You know, this is part of, um, that's kind of a daily staple there. And um, just doing that little guided meditation really um, brings a lot of energetic connection in the brain. It gets these structures firing in the brain and brings calm to the whole nervous system um, in the brain and then throughout the body. That's a beautiful meditation. I really like that. I like starting, I've never had one like that before where it starts in the center of the brain. I can really picture that. And I mean, that really centers you physically as well as spiritually, where you're just like, you're right there in the center of your whole being. That's an interesting uh, direction. Yeah, it's very, um, very simple. Like I said, it's a staple. You know, we adjust in our, every class I teach um, or Qigong practice or meditation, we adjust our body posture. So again, now working on the physical body, preparing it so things can, these energy highways, these pathways, freeways, energy freeways, acupuncture meridians, you know, everything's flowing. You know, the body is um, is relaxed when you have um, good posture. Things can function better with good good posture. You know, you're hunched forward. You know, it's, it's really tough for the lungs to bring in that oxygen, Um so if you just have that posture, lifting the head, tucking in the chin, relaxing those shoulders down, you know, our shoulders tend to, to get up, but bringing them down and relaxing and um, just kind of scanning through the body. So just working on your posture, scanning through your body is kind of a little meditation in itself, yeah. adjusting the body posture, and then we adjust the mind and it always starts going into the center of your brain, into your true self. That's the upper Dantian. Remember I touched on the upper mm-hmm. Dantian, middle yeah. and lower. But the upper Dantian is the center part of your brain, your true self. Or as I'll tell my clients, it's uh, your true self and as a naked baby being born into this world. That's all you and all your computer uh, files of your life in the center part of your brain. Okay. Huh. That's your upper dots, your you, your authentic self. But bring light to it, you know. Bring light, clear light, peaceful light, and just expand out and then down the body. That's really great to to calm the nervous system. It's going to help um, the mind. Um, you know, there's um, Alzheimer's. There's... Um, you, know, you get foggy brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, all kinds of di- different mental things. Um, memory. Bring light to the center part of your brain. You know, Parkinson's. You bring light. Really bring it to life and connect with it. And then also connecting with the body, calming the nervous system. And the energy is going to calm the emotions. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to calm the physical body. So it's the mind, the energy, the emotions. When I say energy, emotions, they're like together, <laughs> the same. And then the physical body. So This all sounds like something everybody should be doing as they get older. I mean, I think you should be starting when you're very young to do all this too. But, but as you get older and, well, and you maybe have the time to sit and focus on this because you don't have 
kids hanging on you for constant attention and you're trying to juggle everything. But it seems like as you get older, that's a time when you're freed from a lot of those commitments unless you're raising grandchildren, which is pretty common. But um, you could find the time to do this. It sounds like it's a very worthwhile investment. I think so. And I think it's, um, you know, in other cultures, they're they're taught um, how to have mindfulness or have quiet. We're not taught that in our culture. It's just always go, go, go. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the masters that I worked with, um, uh, he's in China, but they would have children um, at early ages. They would stare at, at a turn. The lights would be out and they would stare at an incense and watch the tip of the incense burning until the very end. So that created a focus and a relaxation calms the nervous system, right? Yeah. I mean, think about if you're staring at a candle, you know, or staring at a um, a fire in the fireplace or, you know, a fire pit in your backyard. You know, you just kind of, um, I think that's just kind of a meditation in itself where you can just sit and, and just stare. You're really not thinking of anything. But I think even grandparents can... Um, share with their grandchildren like isn't this so calming and peaceful you know so they can learn that okay not telling them don't like fires <laughs> don't like <light laughs> fires but you know maybe staring into a pond but you know there is a way to calm the body you know mm-hmm. maybe they take their their grandbaby and or their um, grandson or granddaughter and go to the park and lay down on the blanket and just stare at the clouds yeah. or in the backyard staring at the trees and the uh, watching the, the wind blow the trees or watching the hummingbirds, you know, and, and allow the kids or share like, Hey, this is, isn't this fun? This is so relaxing. You know, when things get so crazy, this is just so peaceful. Yeah. It's a really good yeah. way to calm our nervous system. <laughs> it's a great tool. Calm our mind. Yeah. To be able to pass that on to other people is a really valuable tool. I mean, that like for you, everything you learned from your grandmother has stayed with you through your whole life. So to be able to pass that on to younger people as tools that they'll need to go through their lives to be happier, it's really valuable. It is. And I think kids will listen to their grandparents and take it as more valuable, you know, information from the grandparents rather than their parents. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I enjoyed being with my grandmother and my grandparents more than my parents. They were fun, you know, and they can have fun with the kids and then send them away. Right. But (laughs) they have that really focused, they have that focused attention when you have grandparent time. Yeah. It's really special. Yeah. It's, It's a different energetic between, um, grandparents and grandchildren. So I think it's, um, it's really as they can share this um, or just be aware of, Hey, this is how I calm my mind. It's so important for our health. I mean, depending on the age of the child, right, but right. even if they're little, you know, Oh no, we're just going to have quiet time. It feels so good. Yeah. Um, you know, they can make it fun with a, a little one and, um, or as they're older, just, um, mention the value and the importance of, uh, of quietness. And even if things get hectic, we got to bring balance back in. So I think it's great information to share. And as we do that sharing and teaching, we're also practicing it ourselves. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. You're making time for yourself that way too. Yeah, this all sounds... You're, you're doing it. 
Yeah, this all sounds so wonderful. And um, I wanted to let people know how they can get a hold of you. So, um, because, and you can do house calls and telehealth and in, in person. You, so you do everything? I do everything, okay. yes. I do, yes. I do house calls. Um, you know, I'm in North County in San Diego. And then I also do um, telewellness. Okay. You know, so we can have virtual, uh, either a phone call um, works well and, um, or even a video call. And then also I do some group classes, um, also. Okay. So I do teach a Sunday class in Del Mar and, uh, every Sunday at four to five. And, uh, we do some Qigong type movements, but just basic calisthenics. Um, but I do some privates also online. So, um, nutrition, hey, this is what I have. Look at all my supplements. What should I be taking? What should I not be taking? So Okay, yeah. that's helpful. Okay, and so people can reach you at TiffanyScruggsWellness.com. I will have the link in the show notes so you can click on it directly and go to her website. But if you just want me to tell you what it is, it's Tiffany, and that's T-I-F-F-A-N-Y, and Scruggs, S-C-R-U-G-G-S, and then wellness, Tiffany Scruggs Wellness. Dot com. But Tiffany, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been a very good reminder of how important it is to stop and take care of these things for yourself. And it's a good investment of your time. Even if you're the busiest person in the world, a lot of people as they retire are still very, very busy humans and doing all kinds of things and jobs and, and new, new careers and whatever. But it's so important to take care of ourselves. And really, as we age, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to have much fun as you get older. So it's an important time to invest in yourself. So I'd like to thank you for coming on the podcast today. That was great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pivot and Thrive. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, you can listen to more episodes of this podcast wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts.